hands of Darrell Walker, and Rico Murray's going to take it to the house. What a way to end this Enjoy. football game. Maybe an appropriate way to end this football game. And the Argonauts have given up over 60 points in this game. Harris stands in, unloads, look out, touchdown, Greg Ellingson. Baby. Long ball, Harris to Ellingson. Welcome to CFL Weekly, everybody. Andy McNamara with you across the TSN radio network. Yeah, Hoagie's call right off the top. Kind of summed up that Argos game. Oh, my God. Woof. That was rough. Well, we got a great show for you today, folks. Delivered by Domino's. It's too hot to turn on the oven for dinner. Right? Go to Domino's.ca. Large four-topping pizza, just $12.99. Cheesy bread side dish. Marble cookie brownie for dessert. Check out all the great side dishes. Boneless chicken. Gluten-free pizza. Whatever you want. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. How about this for a program? The commissioner. Yes. State of the Union for the Canadian Football League. Randy Ambrosi joins me in about 28 minutes time. The commission will stop by. Before that, Belton Johnson, one of my all-time faves. This guy is an absolute gem of a human. Three years played in the NFL, seven in the CFL, and an analyst on Rough Riders Radio out in Saskatchewan. Best Twitter handle. I've been talking to Belton for like eight years on the various CFL shows I've done. Best Twitter handle still I've ever come across. At BJizzle56. At BJizzle56. It's phenomenal. And then for CFL Fantasy, Ben Kramer, Daily Roto and CFL.ca. We will have you completely covered heading into this weekend's Canada Day action. Right? Got four games on the slate. Begins on Thursday, Edmonton at Winnipeg on TSN, of course, all these games. And caps off Monday, 7 o'clock Canada Day night, I guess. Toronto into Saskatchewan to take on the Rough Riders in their home opener. But let's get to all the news and notes. Let's go. First down. All right, so let's begin first down. And we go to the the quarterback situation this year. There's been a lot. There was a lot of movement, maybe most in, in recent memory. You had Trevor Harris going to Edmonton. Mike Riley going to BC. You had changes in Toronto, Montreal, all over the place. So let's get to the CFL and TSN panel. Beginning, Rod Smith's going to tee it off. They're going to talk about which team's slow start to the season has the most concern, and then what quarterback is erasing the memory of their predecessor on their new team. No tempo offense here because the very title of the segment is Huddle Up. We're doing it now with Matt Dunnigan, David Sanchez, and Milt Stegall. Let's get right to it, Matty. we got two teams at 0-2, BC and Saskatchewan. Which one has you most concerned? Well, first of all, Rod, it's tough for both these teams. They're both in the West. They're down 0-2. Those are four points you're going to want back towards the end of the season. But I'm concerned the BC Lions. Mike Rod, mm. they got their quarterback in the offseason. Mm. They got their head coach. Mm. I had a lot of promises for this football team. I'm concerned with this that. Saskatchewan for me. I understand why they, the first game they lost they lost your quarterback but the second game okay your quarterback your backup quarterback played well but your defense couldn't stop the Ottawa Red Blacks there has to be some concern right there it's it's Sask for me just because I'm not that concerned with BC Uh, they obviously took a beat down Mike Riley took a beat down but when you play Winnipeg and Edmonton that's two of the best teams in the league so I'm not that concerned for that reason. Yeah, well, you talked about Mike Riley getting beat down in his return to Commonwealth, Chaz. Would you have let him finish that game given how much he was getting hit? Yes, given how much he's getting paid. I'm throwing him out there. Don't feel sorry for Mike Riley. He's got 800 grand. He just
just bought a bunch of new hats that he loves. And right now, on his day off, he's 0-2, and, and he's down in the marina at Stanley Park on a yacht. Get out there, Mike. I have no problem with him finishing that game. They were down by 16 points. They still had opportunity. Crazier things have happened. Believe me, I know. Crazier things have happened. I would have pulled him as your franchise players week two. Not going to win that football. Put some ice on it. Get a lot of the player. Yeah, he had, he had a rougher one, Milk. We had some good quarterback play. In fact, which quarterback did the best job in week two of uh, helping you forget about the quarterback they were replacing? Would it be Trevor Harris compared to Mike Riley or Dominic Davis compared to Trevor Harris? Or would it be uh, Cody Fajardo compared to uh, the injured Zach Calero? Trevor Harris. He was playing against the guy he replaced, and he showed him up. Mm. Everyone wow. talked about homecoming. I'm, I'm with you, Milk. What? You're with me. I'm oh. with you on that. No, I, Trevor Harris has been lights out the first two times, making everybody forget about Mike Riley wow. and being able to move on. Wow. Yes. The MOP a couple years ago were already forgetting about him. Well, I'm going to agree with you guys, although I hate <laughs> to agree with you. Uh, Trevor Harris, he's an extension of the coach. He's accurate on his deep balls. And more importantly, most importantly for that offense, he gets the ball out dang quick, which is tough on defense. I was just going to say, and Cody Fajardo, too, because mm -hmm. that, was a, that was a circus we didn't expect on Thursday night in Ottawa. That's how luck. There you go. How about that? Hey, Mike Riley, who saw that coming? Who? Like, I know everyone dumping on Jason Moss for that timeout or whatever that weird call was last year, but, man, I'm not saying Mike Riley's washed up or anything like that because he's still a hell of a quarterback. But Trevor Harris coming in and doing what he's doing, and Mike Riley looking how he's – not just him, the whole team. Boy, something to be said about the Eskimos. All right, let's move on. Second down. We'll go back to the CFL on TSN panel. Rod Smith teased the guys up on, you mentioned Mike, they were mentioning Mike Riley getting hit a lot. Well, they debate who are the best sackers in the league right now. time now for the 7-Eleven player rankings and this week we take a look at the sack masters. Our producer Jamie Rydell, a.k.a. Slurpy Boy, came up with this list so we're going to critique it with the panel. Charleston Hughes on top. I like it. Yeah, uh, Willie Jefferson, Kwaku, uh, Kwaku Botang, Odell Willis, Sean Lemon, Micah Johnson, and Jagera Davis. So, back with Chaz and Maddie and Milt. Uh, uh, what do you think of Slurpy Boy's choices? Yeah, well we were getting this list. I was waiting to critique it, but actually feel like Slurpy Boy who, who has a life a lifelong brain freeze. Uh, I think he got I think he got it right. Well, I, I his brain has been frozen like since oh, yeah. he was born anyway. It doesn't matter. Pretty hard not to have Charleston Hughes on the top I like, of that. I, I, yeah. I, I think uh, one name that jumps out is Kwaku Boitang. Mm -hmm. And um, you know such, such a young and, and promising uh, defensive interior lineman and edge guy. Um, only 14 sacks but I think that's going to grow. And I got my own list here of big gulp guys. Guys that are hungry that are on the verge of becoming that next guy. So just, you know, plugging as much 7-Eleven as you possibly sure. can here, Slurpy yeah. Boy. I think we get paid every time we say that. The big gulp guys are like, people to me like A.C. Leonard, Avery Ellis. I've got Nick Usher, who we saw right. just mangle, mm -hmm. along with um, the rest of the mall. 
um, for Edmonton firm. and Mike Riley. Yeah, yeah. the mall firm yeah. of uh, the Edmonton defensive line. Mike Moore was a big part of that. And a guy I like in the interior is Jake Ceresna. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, you know, I just those are my big gulps, the guys that are up-and-comers that are really thirsty. What I like about that list, you have a mixture of as far as age goes. Of course, Charleston Hughes, which is the oldest one, is number one. He's not old. He's just the oldest mm-hmm. one. And then you have a couple of middle-aged guys, you know, so uh, Jefferson is like between middle and young age. And then you have Wu-Tang is what I'm going to call him. The young guy who's really coming up. I really like him. So it's good to see those mixture of guys. Of course, this list may change by the end of the year. We'll have yeah. to see what happens. But right Charlie. now, those definitely uh, best. Kweku Boateng, the sack mask from Shaolin. There you go. There you go. I still wonder about Micah Johnson, too. Now, I don't know. He has the thousand bucks on the line with Charleston. He has the most, but Mike off to a slower start than uh, Charleston. And thank you again to Slurpee Boy in another edition of 7-11 Player Rankings. (laughs) Slurpee Boy just comes off sounding weird. I've never heard that many times. But yeah, the, the sack artist, everything's about offense in the CFL, right? That's the sexy stuff, but you have those those guys on the line that can get and punish the quarterback. That's where the money is made. All right, let's go. Third down. Now we have to come back. I hate beating on one team, but my God, the Munchaw Alouettes. Just, can we just get a, a visual of a dumpster lit on fire in multiples of ways, like with matches, with flaming arrows shot into it? Like, just a disaster. So, the quarterback carousel continues. Antonio Pipkin, cutest name in football, sidelined. Now it's time once again for Vernon Adams Jr., who couldn't beat out Johnny Manziel back here, who got all mad that people wanted Johnny last year. Well, he, he was with the club, so he's... Making some adjustments. Now he speaks about his opportunity, and that's followed by Al's head coach and offensive coordinator, Kari Jones. I think that's everybody's dream out here, to show that you could be a starter in this league and and help uh, this team win games in whichever way you can. But like I said, I'm just going to go out there, do what I can, get the, get the playmakers the ball, know my reads, um, know my check downs and stuff like that, and take care of the ball. I really don't want to throw any interceptions this game, and uh, I want to be smart with the ball and uh, just let everybody else make the plays. Let them do what they do. And, you know, if it happens, it happens. If not, we're going to take it week by week, see how Pip get, and uh, we're going to keep it going. I'm very comfortable with with. Uh, Vernon, uh, I liked how he uh, how he was in there. I think he's a good veteran presence in the in the game. Um, after this week, we'll see. And I mean, it, it, as you all know, it's it's always a week to week basis. And we we just uh, I don't want to play musical chairs with those guys or anything like that. But the biggest thing is just getting good production out of that the quarterback position and and uh, getting somebody in there that that can go week to week. It's not necessarily that you're you're perfect or anything, but you just have to uh, uh, play good solid football and. and and uh, I thought he, I thought he did that in the limited time he had. Gar was here last year, offense coordinator, and uh, you know the guys liked him, and they, we, we all like him. And when he came over, uh, to, when he took over, um, guys just bought in. We just, we knew he been through what we've been through, and uh, he's taking care of our bodies and stuff like that. And everybody's just, just buying in. And even though we did lose that game, we saw a lot of good things that. Um, that I don't think we would have saw last year. And that's not because of coaching or anything, but just everybody's buying in this year. And we're really working hard to not give up and just really just put our best before. That was Vernon Adams Jr. and Coach Kari Jones of the Montreal Alouettes. I have a feeling the quarterback carousel will continue on. Ottawa Red Blacks on the bye this week. How about Dominique Davis? My good dude runs what for three touchdowns, throws three interceptions, whatever it was in week one. 
I thought, no way. The, you know, you see this, and there's going to be – you can't sustain that. You just, and then Dominique Davis comes out and just goes all world over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Man, that guy put up some points. Now they get to bask in the glory on the Canada Day weekend, and they'll be back at it hosting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That'll be a fun test on Friday, July 5th. But, uh, yeah, Canada Day weekend kicks off Edmonton at Winnipeg, then Friday, Montreal into Hamilton. On Saturday, single game, BC takes on the Stamps in Calgary. And then on Canada Day Eve, Toronto into Saskatchewan. We will take the break, and we'll go out to Saskatchewan, out to Regina. My guy, former NFLer, former CFLer, and analyst with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on their radio network, Belton Johnson. B-Jizzle 56 joins me next on CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back and rolling at CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram, AndyMC Sports. And you can watch live behind the scenes here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Still to come in the show, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, will be by also talking CFL fantasy with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. I chatted with my next guest a little bit earlier on the Domino's Pizza Delivery Line. Folks, make sure you get to Domino's.ca. Fresh deals every day, like a large four-topping pizza, just $12.99. Get all the side dishes, desserts, pizzas, any size you want. Carry out delivery deals at Domino's.ca. One of my good buddies, Belton Johnson, uh, longtime Pro football player, NFL, CFL, now with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on their radio network to talk about the Rough Riders season so far and tee up the Canada Day evening special between Saskatchewan and the Toronto Argonauts. Here we go. Belton, not the start to the season the Rough Riders were looking for. Obviously, 0-2, you have the turmoil. Zach Caleros gets knocked out game one, but... There might be a little bit of a of a bright side, some upside. Despite the loss, you still had Cody Fajardo come in. He's been a journeyman around the league and pop up 41 points, look pretty good in the loss. What's the feeling around Ryderville there as far as confidence in the quarterback position? Are people feeling maybe a, a tentatively okay with Fajardo maybe being the guy of the future? Well, you know, just the feeling I sense around here in Ryderville is uh, everything is looking up and up for the offense. You know, that quarterback situation was looking bleak early on because, you know, you look at the week before last game, that week one game against the Ticats, you know, um, Calaris goes down. You know, then they put in Fajardo, who, you know, he, to me he was running around too much out there and everything. And then they put the third string, uh, Mr. Harker, in there and everything. And, like wow this kid looked like he's got a good arm you know maybe he's the future mm-hmm. and so you know people were they were all on the bandwagon for Harker uh Isaac Harker the third string quarterback to be the starter and everything and 
you know, uh, Dave Dickinson or yeah, Craig Dickinson, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> head coach for the Riders. He, you know, stuck to his guns. You know, Fajardo did win the second string uh, position. So week two, Fajardo started and, you know, looked amazing. You know, from what I saw and everything, uh, he could throw the ball deep. He could throw it, you know, mid-range, he short game. You know, he's tough because he's always, like you said, he's been a journeyman. He's been, uh, you know, third and short quarterback. So, you know, he, he could take hits and everything on those third and shorts. And, you know, and he can move around. So it looked like he's got something. But my thoughts are, you know, I played football for a number of years is consistency. You know, you know, I'm looking forward to this game this week versus the Argos just to see if he takes step forward or will he take a step back? Will we see the Fajardo we saw week one or, you know, will we see what we saw last week, uh, week two and everything against the Red Blacks? Because if we see what we saw week two, I think a lot of people are going to be happy, you know, and the offense put up or the team put up 41 freaking points. I don't know how many points they even scored last year, (laughs) you know, just on the offensive side because they didn't score much on offense last year. And uh, it's been the defense and the special team that's kind of been, you know, the trouble spot so far this year, I think. You're right. It was that weird Chris Jones. The defense was scoring more than offense. It was a very odd year uh, last <laughs> last year to score to score points. You're you're absolutely right. And Cody Fajardo going up against his old team, where he was a backup for two seasons in the Toronto Argonauts. Let's talk for a sec. Let's talk for a sec, Belton, about the. Uh, the, uh, Zach Caleros, and this is a guy we know the upside, the 2015 season, MOP level playing, and has just not been able to get past injuries, bad luck, whatever. Is is, is there any update you're hearing on him? I know he's on the six-game list. Is he expected to come back, or is it just kind of, hey, you know what, with these concussions, you wait and see and, and hope for the best? I just feel so bad for the guy. I, I feel bad for him, too. He, I picked him as my MOP this year. Oh, man. <laughs> three, plays <in. laughs> three plays in, and I'm out. Oh, you're great. out. So, <laughs> and, uh, again, I do feel bad for him. Uh, I think, uh, you know, um, I think as he's had, what, four or five concussions yeah. in, you know, 12 months span or something. Uh, and, you know, knowing what we know about concussions now and everything, me personally, I I think he needs to, you know, call it up or take a back seat. But, you know, no athletes, you know, you got that never give up, never, you know, quit attitude. So I can't see him uh, stating that he wants to give it up or anything. And I haven't heard far as, you know, when he'll be back or anything. But I do know with the, you know, concussion cases and everything, like to me, he's a liability. Right now, you know, because, again, because of those uh, lawsuits and everything. So my thoughts are with the Riders, you know, me, per- if I was the GM, I'm putting them on the sixth game every six weeks. And, like, you're done, kid. And, you know, and to me, you got to look at the future because, you know, for Jardo, Harker, the Riders, they need to develop a young quarterback, you know, to progress and move forward and everything. You look at teams like the Stampeders, they're the perfect example. You know, how Bo Levi was able to kind of, you know, walk in and everything and, you know, take that starting spot. And um, even I looked at their 
backup quarterback through the preseason when the Riders played him at least. And I was thinking the Riders should at least trade for their second, third, or fourth string quarterback because they look well, pretty good. And yeah. So it's it's time to develop and move forward. In conversation with Belton Johnson, former 10-year professional football player, three in the NFL, seven in the CFL, uh, played with the Riders, is an analyst on the Green Zone, C-G-A-M-E-C-K-O-M. You can also check him out on Tumblr, bjohnson56.tumblr.com, and on Twitter, at bjizzle56. So, Belton, we look to, as you said, the, the future, and, and hoping, if you're a Riders fan, it's either Cody Fajero or Isaac Harker or a combination of the two, whatever the case is. We know, though... Belton, we know one of these guys has to step up because the, the committee thing it can be it can be fun for a while it can be but ultimately you cannot win with two two quarterbacks it doesn't happen it just doesn't so hopefully for the riders one of them step up but what about the defense that was what this team as you said earlier was built on last week they're scoring points they gave up forty four points should should we be concerned about the riders defense or is that more of a one off do you think well you know I, I look at week one they I think they held the tie cats to uh, what 250 yards or less or something total offense so they kept everything in front of them so they right. did good week one week two is like what the heck just happened here and <laughs> you know you got to credit the red blacks quarterback Dominic Davis because mm-hmm. he was throwing some balls that were absolutely amazing um, Nick Marshall got torched a bit there and I said, shame on Nick Marshall if he cut his fingernails that week because that's how tight that's how tight of coverage he was. It was great coverage, but the ball placement was um, it was no way to defend the way he had uh, Dominic Davis threw the ball and stuff. So if if Nick Marshall cut his fingernails, shame on him because that's how close he was at knocking the balls away and everything of fingernails. So right. Um, I'm thinking it's a one-off, to be honest with you. And, you know, they do, you know, up front, the front seven, they got to start generating some pressure and everything. Uh, the Riders were blessed to have Willie Jefferson, you know, last year who wrecked havoc. And they got uh, Micah, Micah Johnson uh, from Calgary. I think he was, what, second or first in sacks last year. So he's at D-Talco. He didn't play any in the preseason, and I think he's – just kind of getting in the shape, game shape and everything right now. So I'm trying to get them, the Riders to week four to see what kind of team this really is, uh, you know, just to knock out some kinks. And, sure. and on special teams, you know, they're moving parts around left and right. And, you know, it's a wait and see for me. And I'm, I'm giving them to week four before I put my final stamp down on them. Right, to, to see that. And, hey, you know what? The They have a good chance. The Stars might be aligning for the Rough Riders to have a great bounce back week and get that first win. It's against the Toronto Argonauts. It's the home opener, which we know is always a big deal in Riderville. That's going to be, man, I can only imagine the party that that's going to be. But, Belton, you got the Argos who came in. Ricky Ray, definitely out of the picture, retired. They gave up the most points in franchise history. And the Argos have been around for like 150 years. They lost by 50. Uh, the offense was non-existent. The defense was non-existent. Um, this, uh, like, what do you make of the Toronto Argonauts? I'm almost speechless here because of how bad that they played. Uh, this is, again, a great chance for the Riders uh, on the weekend. It's, it's a great chance for the Riders, but at the same time, I see it as a trap game. I know it's early in the season, and... Again, you know, I think everybody across Canada witnessed that 
beat down, you know, uh, yeah. last week that the Argos had to the, the tie Cats. And I'm hoping that the Riders don't fall asleep on this one because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know Corey Chamberlain. He's going to – I mean, he probably ripped that whole team apart. And oh, yeah. I just got to think that they're going to come out a lot different. And plus it's a homecoming for him, him to come back to the sure. place that fired him after he won the freaking great cup, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> – I, I know he's going to have that team amped up, and, you know, I don't look at that. I, I think the Argos, they're going to come out a much better team. And I even po- posed the question uh, to fans, you know, will, the, will this be an easy, you know, win for the Riders or will it be a dogfight for the Riders or, you know, will the Argos come in here and just blow the uh, Riders out or will it be a close one with the Argos winning it? And, a lot of fans are leaning, again, towards Riders being an easy win. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, ooh, we'll see. <laughs> you can't I think it'll granted. be close. I think it'll be real close. Yeah, it, it, it could be. It's the, And also, it's the Canada Day special, right? Like, all eyes are going to be exactly. on this team. You got Chamberlain wanting revenge, but also Cody mm-hmm. Fajardo. On the on the Argo side, why you know going against his old team? So I think the storylines are are plentiful here. It's going to be a very fun matchup. And uh, Belton, a, a great chat with you as always, man. Let's catch up later on in the season. Sounds good, Andy, and uh, thank you for the call and everything. There he goes, my guy Belton Johnson at BJizzle fifty six does a tremendous job covering the Rough Riders on Saskatchewan and Regina Radio. We'll take the break. Right after that, the Commissioner, State of the Union for the Canadian Football League. I chat with Randy Ambrosi next on CFL Weekly. Welcome back to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide. On the TSN Radio Network, I'm Andy McNamara, coming to you from the TSN 1050 studio in Toronto. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports, and you can watch along live, jump in the chat room too, right here on Twitch TV, twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Still to come on the show, we'll have a CFL Fantasy Talk with Ben Kramer from CFL.ca and Daily Roto, but right now on the line, State of the Union time, the commissioner himself, Mr. Randy Ambrosi. Randy, welcome back to the show, man. How are you? I'm great, Andy. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Uh, we're entering week three. So right off the bat, all, the busy off season, all these preparations, now the season is underway. How do you think the start of the year has gone? Have you had a, a second to, to take a step back and, and actually enjoy the games yet? Well, in fact, I, I have. And uh, look, lots to enjoy. You know, I'm, I'm still smiling at that uh, 44-41 uh, game last Thursday. I was there in Ottawa and it was just an amazing night. The fans in Ottawa were, um, you know, were enjoying a beautiful evening. And, of course, we saw, you know, one of the many things that makes the CFL so great in that, uh, in that wonderful shootout. Two, two young quarterbacks who just uh, shot the lights out. Oh, it wasn't. What's so interesting going into this season, Randy, was the, the change of quarterback. We're so used to seeing, quite frankly, Mike Riley in Edmonton, you know, Trevor Harris, Ricky Ray, this, the quarterback situation for the most part being status quo, but all the, the upheaval and movement I think has made for a really interesting storyline going in from the quarterback front. It's been a, a, a pretty mixed bag so far. So it's been a, a real fun start to the year. And 
Hey, you guys got the big Canada Day weekend coming up. This has got to be a fun week, too. Yeah, um, you know, of course, uh, Canada Day special for all uh, all Canadians from coast to coast. And, you know, nothing better than, you know, mixing in a heavy dose of CFL football. I'm actually going to get a chance to be in uh, Regina for the, uh, you know, for the Canada Day game on Monday. And, you know, I frankly, it, it, it makes me feel very proud to um, to be, you know, at a game on Canada Day and Mosaic Field, I'm sure, is going to be rocking as they uh, as they host the Argonauts. Oh yeah, that's going to be like every CFL city and and place has great tailgates and a great atmosphere. But Randy, you know from being a player traveling around as as commissioner, boy, it is a unique experience, and especially the home opener and on Canada Day in Regina, that's going to be cool. Like that, that's going to be something special. I think we might see a gigantic flag or two if, <laughs> if we pay attention. And, you know, I, I think the two go hand in hand. You know, our league's been around for a very long time, and, you know, we're woven into the fabric of this great country of ours, and to have, you know, play football, play CFL football on that day is, is pretty special. And as you, as you pointed out, Andy, to do it in, um, in Regina, you know, with all those amazing Rough Rider fans will be, uh, will be great. In conversation with the Commissioner of the Canadian Football League, Randy Ambrosi, you can get him on Twitter at... Randy Ambrosi. Randy, I want to get to one point here on uh, coming out of week one, and there is so much emphasis, and rightfully so, placed on safety, player safety, concussions, and just uh, trying to make the game as safe as possible, right? Like, in, And what's unique for you, I think, is as commissioner, you played it. You know how hard the hits are. You know how far it has come. So when the Players Association challenged the Simone Lawrence uh, suspension, I won't ask you to get into the specifics of, of where things are at here or there, but the fact that the league went back to the Players Association got a lot of notoriety, got a lot of pub in the U.S. as, as well for being like, wow, the league is taking that extra step to ensure player safety compared to the uh, the actual PA. Can you just take us through a little bit as far as why this is important to you and your emphasis with the league on safety overall. Well, you know, look, I, I'd start by saying that, uh, you know, despite the back and forth with the players, I couldn't love the players more if I tried. And, I, um, and I'm so proud to be associated with this incredible group of young men. But we've got to do more. You know, we've got to find a way to change the culture of the game because, Look, in the end, we can change the rules, and that is definitely an important thing. We can, we can, uh, we can impose st- you know, stiffer and tougher penalties, and, and that we will try to do. But in the end, the players are the ones that play the game, and, it, and it's what we need to see is a change in the culture. We need to see the players making really smart decisions as they think about how they protect one another and look after and look after one another on the field. And, you know, that uh, culture change, as you know, Andy, is not something, it's not a light switch. You don't turn it on and off. You don't, you don't affect a change in culture overnight. But I do think this is something we have to work at together. The players and, and the league need to come together and work at this because in the end we'll make the game better the game will be the game will be healthier and stronger if we can make uh, if we can affect the change in the culture. Well said. In conversation with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, Randy, one thing: whenever we talk, it's got people always they're always at expansion, the whisper, right? Expansion, expand, and then the steps. I know there's uh, you know it's it's going to happen when it's going to happen. But can you give the people? That's been a question I've been getting on Twitch.tv/slash Andy Mac Live on Twitter at Andy MC to people ask the commission about expansion. Can you give us any any sort of update, any any sort of progress report, anything like that? 
Well, you know, Andy, it's a bit of the broken record routine, and I guess what I'd uh, I'd start with is saying, you know, the the group that we're working with, Anthony LeBlanc, Gary Drummond, and Bruce Bowser, you couldn't be you couldn't find three finer gentlemen in all of Canada than these three guys. They're deeply committed to this project, and they want to make it happen. You know, they happen to be partnered up with Mayor Savage, who uh, of course is the mayor of. Um, you know, of Halifax and Premier McNeil, and, and they all are working hard to see this get done. Uh, you know, we are, the process is slow. And, and of course, I, I, you know, I think, you know, the fans have a right to be a little frustrated by that, but we are talking about investing a lot of money in the, in the building of a stadium, and, uh, and that, of course, takes time to get it done. But I still believe there is room for lots of optimism, uh, you know, the the three gentlemen that I mentioned, uh, r- you know, representing Schooners Sports and Entertainment and the political leaders in, um, you know, out east are all uh, continue to be uh, continue to be committed. So, Andy, I think we're probably in for at least a few more months of of deliberations and back and forth. But I believe, uh, you know, that we will have something, you know, more to say on the subject, perhaps towards the end of the summer. Heck, maybe even around the time that we get to our Touchdown Atlanta game in Moncton, it might be a perfect opportunity to be able to say more about the direction that we're going to take as it relates to expansion. Oh, I like a little tease, Mr. Commissioner. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I like it. Roll. I like it. Okay, so there you go, folks. Keep mark that on your calendar. Keep an eye. He's not saying, but he's saying. Uh, Ray, let's let's finish up on this. I know for Canada Day uh, week uh, this this weekend, talking with our uh, tremendous uh, colleague Lucas Barrett at the CFL head offices, and he said that there's going to be each team wearing some red and white gear with New Era, and there's going to be the return of the mic'd up games coming up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, we're 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 really first of all this partnership with New Era, we um, we're so proud of it. It's like it's like uh, pennies from heaven. You know, they they uh, you know what we've what we've begun to do with them is special. Um, they are going to be a great long term partner for this league. We're really excited about it. So yeah, you know, perfect time to bring a little bit of extra color in as we celebrate Canada Day. Look, one of the things the things that we are incredibly proud of is our relationship with TSN, and um, you know, last year the mic'd up experience was very positive. You get a little closer to the game, um, you know, and and I think it gives our fans a little extra insight into what's going on on the field. So yeah, you know, we're we're getting back to uh, to those things that we, our fans enjoyed. We got a lot of great feedback on it last year. And the nice thing I and I feel strongly about is that the nice thing about this partnership with TSN is that I think we're really only at the beginning of all the things that we can do together. We're um, it's a very positive relationship, and so yeah, I think we're, our fans can expect to see more from us in the days to come. But for the you know for the meantime, looking forward to a great Canada Day weekend of games. We'll start uh, of course. This week with our uh, our Thursday night game, and um, I, you know it should be a great matchup. Absolutely, Randy. Thank you so much. You're always very generous with your time. Let's do this again closer to Grey Cup and get ready. Uh, I don't want to wish the summer away. It's barely started, but uh, you know it'll be here before we know it, right? Yeah, and again, Andy, happy Canada Day to you and your listeners. Uh, 
you are you know what you're one of the many reasons that this is uh, one of the greatest countries on the planet and thanks to you and and uh, your listeners for everything you do for us oh thank you very much randy we really appreciate that have a great canada day weekend yourself we'll talk soon thanks bye for now all right there he goes the commissioner of the canadian football league all right i want you to cut that and natasha saying i am one of the the, the reasons that this country is great all right and you want that cut all right <laughs> The commissioner just called you a Canadian hero. A Canadian right? hero. I, I, was the word icon used? I don't know. We can maybe add that in. That Canada's was, walk of fame is right at the door, Andy. Can we let, let him in during commercials? Listen, man, you know what? I've seen some of the names on there. I can. I, I think I belong. Let's do it. Let's I'm do it, commissioner. The great Andy McNamara. <laughs> Get that cut. I want that as my ringtone. Awesome. If, if the commission wasn't cool enough already, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the Canadian Football League, some great content, as always, uh, there from the commission. We're going to have some more great content, folks. CFL Fantasy, get your pens and papers, your, your iPads, whatever you're taking notes on. CFL Fantasy Tips for a customized CFL Weekly DraftKings.com contest and also for our CFL Weekly TSN.ca Fantasy League. That's coming up. Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca helps me with that next, right here on CFL Weekly. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at Domino's.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara, and you're listening across the TSN radio network, or should I say, as the commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, said, Canadian hero, one of the, the reasons this country is great, Natasha Shivraj is giving me a dirty look behind shaking her head. <laughs> His word's not mine. His word's not mine. Delivered by Domino's, baby. Go to dominoes.ca. Carry out delivery deals. Don't cook this. It's Canada. Don't, don't cook. Enjoy yourself. Sit back. Relax. Get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Get more. Get malt, check out all the deals, side dishes, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. How many years have I been telling you guys about the marbled cookie brownie? It is damn good. Try it out, dominoes.ca, dominoes.ca. All right, business time, folks. Big thanks to the Commissioner Randy Ambrosi for stopping by at the CFL. Belton Johnson, now it's time to make some money. Time to get down to business with my guy, Ben Kramer from CFL.ca and Daily Roto. Ben, welcome, buddy. How are you? Hey, good talking to you. It's a beautiful day here in Regina, so I'm hoping for the best. All right, yeah, hey, how about in Regina? We talked to Belton Johnson. You know him out there, and it's going to be a fun time, I think, out in the, uh, out when the, the home opener for the Rough Riders and the Argos. Let's start there, Ben, when quarterbacks, okay? It's been a weird start to the year. We talked about, I'm not sure about Dominique Davis last week. Dude just goes legend. Now he's on the bye week. Cody Fajardo was a loss, but still... Looked, looked phenomenal. How are you looking at this matchup, let's say, between the Argos and Saskatchewan? I would think, even though you, you, you know, there's not that big of a body of work, you'd still have to go Cody Fajardo over, James, over Franklin. Franklin has to actually prove something first, right? Yeah, I'm all about Cody. That's my quarterback, Fajardo. 
I think he's got a ton of potential, and I think he showed a little bit of it in this first game. I don't think it's reasonable to expect him to throw for 300 yards and multiple touchdowns every week. But his price tag at 6200 on CFL Fantasy and only 8400 on DraftKings, he really would have to do a lot to screw it up at that price range. If he gets even 250 yards, a touchdown through the air, and maybe rushes for another one on the ground in what's expected to be a blowout game for Saskatchewan in their home opener on Canada Day, he's already paying off his price tag and leaving a whole lot of salary relief for some of the other positions you might want to pay up at. That's that's a tremendous point, Ben, yeah. And what you have there is, all right, Fajardo, now you're left to take, if you want, some of the bigger names, some of the bigger options. And when you look at, let's say, running back, this is re- at, at this point, uh, like with the Argos offense, how bad it was until it proves it, to me, it's only James Wilder is the only viable option where you know he's going to get multiple touches. We talked about it last week, though. Could be a crowded backfield. Like, are you are you paying the eighty five hundred for um, James Wilder on the TSN.ca game? And um, I'm not sure what he is on on DraftKings, but are are you paying up for Wilder? Or are you going in a different direction? Versus the Rough Riders, there's zero chance I'd be interested in James Wilder. He right. only got, I think, six carries in week one and about a half dozen targets. If he's only getting 10 or 12 opportunities to touch the ball in a game as a running back, that's one of the lowest volume positions that you're going to have at running back in the league, let alone in an offense that only has an implied team total just over 20 in a game where they're facing an implied team total near 34 for the Rough Riders. So at that price tag, he's really not in consideration at all. On DraftKings, it's a little bit less, but even there, he turns out to be a really poor points-per-dollar kind of value just because the volume is so erratic and generally has a low floor. Do you fancy yourself then maybe uh, some, some Marcus Thigpen for the, for the Rough Riders at running back? We know he can be a bit of a gadget guy and go all over the place. Yeah, that was an interesting thing to have happen, seeing William Powell benched after a fumble in that last game versus Ottawa and Thigpen kind of coming in and putting the place on fire when the Riders didn't seem to have a whole lot of spark. I don't think I'd want to depend on that on a weekly basis on a single-entry kind of opportunity like the CFL-TSN contests or even single entries on DraftKings. If you're looking at multiple entries, maybe you have one or two Thigpen lineups just out of 20, just for the opportunity to get something big for a cheap price tag. But I don't think that's something that you would want to rely on. When we look at the running back position continued, um, I'm kind of digging the value of Sean Thomas Erlington for the Hamilton Ticats. What are you thinking if we're looking at, okay, if you go Thigpen, a little bit of a higher salary and try to get a value with somebody who can really pop, especially against the Montreal I know they're trying, Ben, but man, they've, they're real bad. They looked really bad in that week one game versus Edmonton. I think they're better than what they showed, but even at that, the Tiger Cats are popping in all the projections this week. Mazzoli is the top projected quarterback. Banks is the top projected receiver. And actually, for the first time this year, Erlington is the top projected running back this week, taking out Andrew Harris from the top spot. And especially at that cheap price tag at 5K on CFL TSN Fantasy. And he's still only 7100 on DraftKings. He turns out to be the best points per dollar value at the position this week. 
in conversation with Ben Kramer from uh, Daily Roto and CFL.ca, talking CFL fantasy, getting your tips there on Twitter at Ben Yamin. Okay, let's go to wide, re- wide receiver here as we work through making our lineup. Uh, how do you feel about Brian Burnham for the BC Lions into Calgary against the Stamps? We know that's a team who's going to be, uh, that defense is going to be looking to clamp down, and it was a, a a, a situation where you had Burnham go off for 20.3 fantasy points week one, week two, 4.3. On the CFL-TSN game, he's uh, just over 68 hundy. What are you feeling about Burnham or somebody else in that wide receiver group? Yeah, with Burnham, it's tough to catch passes downfield when your quarterback's lying on his back. Yeah. Right? And that was kind of the spot for Riley most of the game versus Edmonton. It was unfortunate for him and certainly unfortunate for his receivers. Because Burnham looks to be a guy who's probably going to get 8 to 10 targets a game in this offense with Riley under center. But that's all assuming that Riley is able to get those targets off without being put on his butt. So Burnham comes in as the second highest projected receiver on the week at only 6,800 on CFL TSN. But it's an uncommon comfortable 17 points that he's projected for because we saw last week what his floor game looks like and it's not going to be much if Riley is running for his life then they're going to be a tough spot Calgary has generally been the kind of defense that can put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks and turn those pressures into interceptions Riley hasn't shown a whole lot so far this year and they have the second lowest projected implied team total of all the games out this week I think they only imply for 22 points just beating out Toronto So BC isn't an offense I'd probably want to buy into a whole lot. If you're looking for anybody, Deron Carter still comes in really cheap on the CFL-TSN contest at just over 3000 And really, again, like Fajardo, at that cheap a price tag, he has so many outs that even if it's a poor game, it's really not going to cost you a whole lot. So that being said, are we looking maybe when it comes to a defense to add? We saw how, as you said, Mike Riley getting beat up. Are we looking Calgary or are you looking Hamilton or are you looking Saskatchewan? We talked with Belton Johnson. He said the Rough Riders are going to be looking for a big bounce back week. Where's your defense? There's some juicy possibilities here. Yeah, my general perception of picking fantasy defenses is pick on the worst quarterbacks. Because they're going to be the ones that either give up sacks or throw interceptions. And certainly this week, I think you want to be able to pick on Vernon Adams a little bit. Because if he goes down and he is injury prone, whoever would be coming in after him would certainly be having to air out the ball and probably throwing more interceptions and touchdowns. So being able to target that Hamilton defense at a reasonable price tag is a good option. And the Riders, I think, are better than what they've shown so far. I don't think they can possibly give up 30 or 40 points a week as they have to this point. So I think that they're certainly in place for a bounce back option versus whoever is under quarterback or whoever under center for quarterback for Toronto. It looks like Franklin will probably get to start again. But as we saw in week one, he's got a pretty short leash this year with Mm -hmm. Bethel Thompson off the bench. And neither of them are putting fear into anybody's fantasy defense. So I think either of those are good options. Calgary gets a little bit tougher matchup, it seemed, against BC. But the low implied team total gives them a good floor to work from. And certainly, as we saw in week one, they can create turnovers when the balls are put up in the air so they've got a bit more of an option if you're looking to go a contrarian route 
Ben, last one for you here in the DraftKings.com contest. And by the way, folks, we'll have our customized uh, CFL Weekly link. We'll send that out on Twitter. You, we had to open up a second contest because it keeps filling up so fast. So for DraftKings, for the contest, this uh, the matchup to kick off the week, Edmonton at Winnipeg, could be a real fun one. That's going to be, I think, potential for some fireworks to kick off the Canada Day long weekend. Um, if you could give me a wide receiver and a flex in that matchup, Edmonton and Winnipeg, give me a wide out and a flex between those two teams that you like in uh, that potential big uh, big shootout? I think if you're looking on CFL TSN, Chris Matthews is priced really low still, and he's a good option out of that game. If you're looking on DraftKings, a lot of those receivers have gone up a fair bit. But Devaris Daniels, if he gets his first start of the year this week, is priced way down at 6500 which is significantly lower than a lot of starting receivers. And we've seen he has big playability a whole bunch. So if he gets a start at the boundary-wide receiver for Edmonton Eskimos, that's another one that I'd like to pick on. If we're looking for flex positions on DraftKings, that's going to be a little bit tougher to find this week because a lot of the prices has gone up and there isn't a whole lot of value coming in. But looking near the bottom of the price ranges, you may well see Kenny Lawler give a couple options and get a half dozen targets if things go well. And he's only priced at 2800 so that gives you a lot of money that you can spend up elsewhere. Good stuff, Ben. Thank you so much as always, brother. And we'll send out the links from at Benjamin and at AndyMC81 on Twitter to the DraftKings uh, contest and the TSN.ca CFL weekly contest. So stay tuned for that. And of course, people can check out all your great work. Uh, you put the links out on Twitter on CFL.ca and Daily Roto. Thanks so much, brother. Yeah, great talking again, Andy. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, Ben Kramer. From Daily Road. All right, folks, that is it. Thanks to the commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, Belton Johnson, and Ben Kramer. For all of you, make sure you tune in next week to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. You are, you know, what you're one of the many reasons that this is uh, one of the greatest countries on the planet.